from him who always keeps all of his promises, from him who has overcome the world for you, so that even and especially in the midst of trial and trouble, you will have peace. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson, especially these two promises of Jesus at the very end. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is our text. Here's a statement that might come as a little bit of a shock to you. If you really want to find and see peace and peaceful people, head out into the streets and live for a while amongst the addicts and the homeless people. There are plenty of people like that to go around, even right here in Castleberry, aren't there? In northeastern Orlando, you see them on the street corners asking for money. You see them walking around, taking the buses. There are plenty of people who are strung out on drugs and homeless and in need of a great deal of help. So if you want to see peace and peaceful people, head out into the streets in the midst of people like that. Really? At least that's what Chris Arnade says in his brand new book, Dignity, Seeking Respect in Back Row America. Arnade's story is a pretty interesting story. He quit his Wall Street job in order to photograph homeless and strung out people in the South Bronx. And he went and did that and published this book along with a number of essays. And what he found when he took this, these pictures stunned him. He saw Peace in the places where he least expected it. It's all documented right there in the book. This is what he writes. The tragedy of the streets means few can delude themselves into thinking they have it under control. You cannot ignore death there, and you cannot ignore human fallibility. It's easier to see that everyone is a sinner, everyone is fallible, everyone is mortal. It's easier to see that there are things just too deep, too important, or too great for us to know. It is far easier to recognize that one must come to peace with the idea that we don't and never will have this under control. It's far easier to see religion not just as useful, but as true. And so in his book, Arnaid writes about the place where people often relegated to the streets find their peace. And for once, the church gets some good press. Listen to what he says here. In the minds of many of these homeless and drug-addicted people, the only places on the streets that regularly treat them like humans, that offer them a seat to sit in, an ear to listen, and really understand their past, are the churches. There are rules to follow if you join, but they don't require you to have your paperwork in order, having proper ID. They don't require getting grilled about this and that. They say, enter as you are, letting forgiveness wash away a past that many want gone. You are very welcome as long as you try. The churches understand the streets, understand everyone is a sinner and everyone fails. In their mind, the rest of the world... 
the courts, the hospitals, the rehab clinics, the welfare office, police stations, even some of the nonprofits and schools, especially the universities that won't even let you on campus without the police being called. In their mind, the rest of the world doesn't understand that. This is how it is on the streets. Faith. Faith is the reality and source of hope. Science is the distant thing that doesn't necessarily do much for you. Faith is the reality and a source of hope. I hope that's what people find when they come here to our Mana Food Pantry on the third Friday of the month or when they come onto our campus for an AA meeting or a TOPS meeting. I, I hope it's what people find whenever they come onto the campus of Ascension Lutheran Church. But more than that, I hope it is what you find when you come here. Not because this is any kind of a special church or because we have great programs or the best pastors in the area, but because when you come here, you are led to the true and certain promises of God in Christ Jesus. And Jesus gives us two promises today that, I don't know, might be coming to you and for you at just the right time. In today's gospel lesson, we find ourselves once again in a post-Easter flashback to the upper room where Jesus is sharing that meal with his disciples the night that he is betrayed. In these Sundays after Easter, we're looking back to the time before Jesus was crucified and risen again from the dead. And so in this night, on this evening, he encourages them in a number of different ways. He encourages them to pray with confidence, knowing that their prayers will be heard and answered. He invites them to strong Christian faith and love. He reminds them of his own unity with the Father, which will be an incredible blessing to them and to us. But then come the two promises, just as he and his disciples are about to experience the greatest turmoil of their lives up to this point. Two promises. The first is this. In the world, you will have tribulation. It's a promise. Second, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus begins by talking about the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. Now, he says a lot about the world as he's gathered there in the upper room with his disciples. If you look at the chapters leading up to this one that we have here today, he talks about the world that it cannot receive the spirit of truth. It's devoid of it. It does not give the peace, the kind of peace that Jesus gives. The world hates Jesus, and therefore, it's going to hate his disciples as well. He reminds the disciples that they are not of the world and that they are chosen to come out of the world. Jesus says that the ruler of this world is judged. And he says that the world rejoices when the disciples mourn. Talks a lot about the world there in the upper room. And then Jesus tells the disciples that in the world they will have tribulation. Now, one of the meanings of this word tribulation 
is a literal physical meaning. It means physical pressure, like to press down or, or to squash something. It, it's not the good kind of pressure. It's like a pressure cooker or an instant pot, if you have one of those at home, that cooks things by putting pressure on it. It's the kind of pressure that you and I experience when the world squeezes in on us, when it presses us down, when something we can't control seems to, to overcome us. It's, it's when the weight of the world threatens to crush us. Jesus is saying to us today that you should expect that kind of pressure. Ugh, what a promise. What kind of promise is that? Well, if you're not experiencing that kind of tribulation right now, the promise that you will hardly seems comforting. If you're not under some kind of trial today, it's not very comforting to think that you're going to go through it. But when you're in the middle of it, and you will be, and I will be, we often are, when we feel the pressure of the world bearing down on us, here's the comfort. It's comforting to know that God already knows about it. He's not unaware of it. He has not abandoned you in the middle of it. He stays with you and sticks with you. The, the addicted and homeless people in the South Bronx find peace in the middle of it when they are welcomed into the churches. And you and I receive that peace when we look to and depend on the second promise of Jesus that we receive right here week in and week out or in our daily devotions or when we dive into the word or when we're together with our fellow sisters and brothers in Christ when Jesus says to us, take heart, I have overcome the world. Now this wasn't the first time that Jesus told somebody to take heart. He did it a number of times in his ministry. One time was when the disciples were in a great bit of tribulation. They were in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And remember, Jesus comes walking out to them on the water and he says to them, take heart. He also said, take heart to a man who was paralytic. He also said, take heart to the woman who was cursed with bleeding going on and on. And Jesus encourages all of them and all of us to be of good courage, even right there, right smack in the middle of extreme pressure and trial and trouble and tribulation. But why? So why should we take heart? What's the encouragement? What's the hope behind that promise? What's the basis of our confidence, even in the middle of a pressure-filled situation. Well, we take heart and walk through tribulation on the basis of Jesus' ministry, Jesus' victory. Jesus says he has overcome the world. And it's significant the way in which he says it. He uses this verb, this verb that says overcoming, meaning that his overcoming of the world is already complete, it's already finished, and yet the results of it are ongoing. They keep going. They do not stop. The victory is won, and yet the benefit of that victory is given to you and to me over and over and over again. 
Remember that Jesus made this promise before his crucifixion. He made it before his resurrection from the dead. Even before Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus had overcome the world. He lived a perfect life in this world where there was pressure all around. And here's where this important fact is significant for us. It reminds us that Jesus' victory over the ongoing pressures that we face, some of them big, some of them small, taking place in our lives, sometimes almost every day, the victory over all those pressures is already completed. It's already finished. Even before we finish going through those pressures, it is finished, Jesus said. Now, maybe you've heard it said that peace is not the absence of trouble, but peace is the presence of Jesus in the middle of that trouble. Just ask the people out on the streets whose lives are filled with tribulation. They say that they find solace, that they find peace in the welcoming churches that they experience. So whatever tribulation you may be going through right now, whatever pressure is pressing in on you, whatever dark road or valley you may be walking through or even crawling through, you have the promise of a Savior who has won the victory through his crucifixion and resurrection. He loves you. He forgives you. He walks with you each and every step holding you with his nail-punctured hand. He's the one who has overcome the world, not for himself, but for you. So if you want to find peace out on the tough streets of your life, make your way into the church. Eat and drink his body and blood for your forgiveness. Remember your baptism. Dig into the word of God. Come into the presence of Jesus who sticks with you and stays with you, whose overcoming of the world for you has those results that keep on giving and never let you down. The result of his victory is your peace. Peace that he says passes understanding. Gift given, gift received. Amen.